0: Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of an Inside View podcast with On The Ball team building. This week marks episode 49 and we'd like to take this opportunity to say if this is your first time listening to Inside View podcast, we'd really appreciate it if you go back to episode 1 and have a listen. Please do rate, review, tell your friends, family, whoever may know about the podcast in many huge amounts to us. Big shout out to our sponsors GRG Sports and Vintry Harbour Asset Management for the continued support over the past couple of months. We really appreciate you guys and thank you again. It's no time to bring on this week's guest. I'm delighted to be joined by former Connacht rugby star and founder of Hot Chip Cookies, Dave McSherry. He stepped away from professional rugby at the age of 26 and moved to Sydney where he studied there for three years. Upon his return to Ireland, he spotted a gap in the market for premium cookies and cookie dough. That he started from his own home in dublin it has grown from strength to strength over the past couple of months so let's bring him on and delve into this further hi dave welcome to the inside view podcast how are you keeping during these difficult times how are you keeping
1: jamie um yeah
0: yeah not too bad at all um been
1: a yeah been a been a mad last kind of year year and a half now. so um but no complaints i'm keeping well keeping busy
0: yeah, it's it's quite interesting. Um, you've an interesting story. Usually, um, I suppose you know they do say you must make um an opportunity out of uh, a bad situation, and you definitely did that. Uh, with the with your company Hot Chip, do you want to kind of give us an insight how that came about, and we can delve into more in later on the podcast.
1: Yeah, sure. It's probably yeah for me probably one of those cases where it was the right business at the right time. Uh, I moved back after three years uh, studying in Australia and. Was kind of looking for a couple of other opportunities, um, I suppose things that weren't happening in Ireland, um, and yeah, that was one of the ones that kind of jumped out at me. And I had a lot of time on my hands during the first lockdown to do a lot of baking, uh, and a lot of I suppose testing recipes. So, um, kind of came up with a product that I thought was pretty good. And then, yeah, I guess through the lockdown, a lot of a lot more people at home looking looking for something to do with their kids and looking for for an activity to do so we kind of pivoted a, a bit more towards the retail uh, cookie dough and then for people to bake at home so uh yeah that's how it all came about um yeah been a lot of <laughs> a, a lot of trials and testing on myself over the last few months so I have a bit of weight to lose now <laughs>
0: <laughs> and did you um like would you have come in like would you have any background in um in cooking or in bakery or or anything like that or was it just literally just chance it and look we'll, yeah, we'll go it for
1: it trial and error <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of trial and error and uh yeah like i, I wouldn't have backgrounds in any of that but uh i guess i i knew i knew from living abroad what what it could taste like and um was a bit was a bit obsessed with them probably from my time in australia so and um, that was the that was kind of always in the back of my head. If I could get it and similar enough to, to that style, I, I felt like there was a good product there. So uh, but yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> there was a lot of trial, trial and error with it. Yeah.
0: No, it's, it's definitely a brilliant product and we'll we'll delve into um in more detail there soon. But uh, look, we'll bring it back another couple of stages. Um you you know you you're an entrepreneur now, but before you went down the route of being an entrepreneur and down the route of business. You're a professional sport athlete, um. But before being a professional sport athlete, do you want to go and give us a bit background into you know where you grew up and and um what sports you played at the time?
1: Yeah, um. So grew up, um, grew up in Terenure here in uh, Dublin, in the Heisman in here now again. So back, uh, <laughs> back, back to where it all began there again. But uh, yeah, um, grew up in Terenure, um, and yeah, sporting wise, it was all Gaelic for me growing up. Um, my dad uh, being a good leader man uh, had me out on the 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 gap field, uh, pretty much every every day of the week. So me and my brothers, um I'm the young youngest of uh, of four boys in the family. So we would have been out picking up growing up for, for years and um yeah, I would have played Gaelic right up until kind of minor level and then tied it in with rugby in secondary school. So um yeah, that was kind of it, it was definitely more Gaelic for me growing up and uh, then Got to the it got to the stage where I kinda of had to make a decision on it and I guess um you know the rugby at the at the time you know I could probably had the opportunity to go pro with that so um that was what I went with in the end but still uh still feel like I have I have some Gaelic skills in the in the bag there as well.
0: So now look knowing every man, um especially you know been from Kerry it's obviously the the main sport down here and up in leitrim you know, there's a lot of you know a lot of GA played as well. Um, I believe your father probably was he a bit upset when you closed the door in yeah. GA at the time.
1: Yeah, it took a good few years for him to convert him to a rugby. Yeah, he wanted me playing for Man of hamilton then there, so uh, <laughs> so uh, he came around to it in the end anyway. And yeah, sure, look, he, he's he's a rugby fanatic now. So um, yeah, when I moved down to Connacht, he, I think he he was delighted with my move to Connacht anyway. So. Um yeah, and then my mom, my mom as well. She would have she's a wicked woman as well. So neither of them are dubs. So um tough to get them to come around to supporting the dub still.
0: <laughs> and that's uh look, that's uh that that can be a touchy subject for any any person from outside the pale to get used to you know, especially with the the incredible success actually that the you know the the team had over the last couple of years and it's a yeah. credit to, to the whole uh setup up there in fairness. Um you know. Would you? I suppose. Look, when you know, you know, we're all grown up. We don't take much notice of this, but upon reflection, do you think the fact that both your parents were from, you know, from the country, do you think that had had an effect on you, as opposed to if they were both from, from Dublin City? Um, I guess, I guess, for my dad,
1: yeah, like he would have moved up to to Dublin um, at a fairly young age, and maybe just that kind of, uh, you know, drive to, you know, be successful, you know, and he uh, he would have you know he would have been a very very hard worker and he still is like he's still an extremely hard worker so um you know they would have instilled that in me that you know you have to work hard for for everything that you get so maybe in in, in that regard um maybe that was a little bit uh came into it and i guess then i went to temple o college which probably wasn't you know one of the uh, one of the big rugby playing schools um and yeah, I guess maybe maybe that did tie into it a little bit. You know, I had to kind of work hard for everything that, that 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 it could get.
0: Yeah, because it's it's interesting. Um, you know, I suppose being up in Dublin for the last couple of years, you do kind of notice, you know, people that might have one or two parents from the, the country. Um, I don't know what it is, is it something a bit different about them? You know, maybe it's that they're more in touch with, you know, their the rural um roots or something like that. But um no, th- there's definitely something there. I can't really put my hand in it, you know, or my finger on it. But um I suppose, yeah, I I, I can only imagine know, like moving up to Dublin as a you know a countryman and you yeah. want your you want your young fella to play football and the next thing goes yeah. down the, the rugby route.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah and like yeah he you know he he would have yeah. had to you know pave his own way and he would have come up here with very little he had um you know, he had a carpentry. Uh, he he had an apprenticeship in in carpentry, so you know he would have came up with, with with very little. But just that kind of that that kind of work ethic was was very strong in him. And I guess that's probably the main thing that I kind of have learned from him. Yeah, Um you know, like I said, with the Gaelic, especially you know he would have had to out there, you know, kicking balls no matter what the weather. And and uh, you know that that probably did, and um, that probably was a good back uh, backbone for me kind of growing up
0: and at what age do you think you kind of realized what you just said there you know that you know when you're young you don't really take much notice of this but i suppose as you got older you're like those things that what he was doing really shaped shaped
1: yeah. me um i guess yeah probably probably at around the stage where my uh, minor football came into it and you know i kind of i, I had to make the decision there yeah, between gaelic or or rugby and I guess it, 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 in the end, like the the training, I was going from one training session to the other. And, you know, even on, on weekends and stuff like that, I was playing one match and then going and playing a Gaelic match later on. And, you know, the two of them can be fairly taxing on your body. Um, and I probably, yeah, like I, I think at, at that stage, you know, I kind of, I, I was starting to do quite well in both sport in both sports. And I, I probably wouldn't have, you know, I wouldn't, I would put that, a lot of that down to, you know, how he coached me growing up. And, and you know, I suppose just yeah, he he instilled that belief in me. I, I guess that I could make it in either sport. So um, it was a tough decision, and you know, I went with the, I went with the rugby. And you know, I I, I kind of always think what well, what would have happened if I'd stayed with the Gaelic as well. Um it could have been a it could have been an interesting one. But but look, yeah, no, no regrets anyway. I think that my rugby career, I was delighted with it. Just something as well
0: was very interesting on your. Um you know on your career and how you kind of went into rugby was the fact that you know you didn't go to um one of the lead college uh lead colleges at the time up around there you know because a lot of the stronghold would be a lot of the strong colleges and rugby would be probably in the south side um but temple wouldn't be regarded as a strong rugby school how did you put yourself in the shop window as such
1: um i had very good uh coaches um like in in my in my last couple of years in temple oak there was a couple of great coaches uh um, like james norton who would have had a good uh a really good stint with leinster um eve o'donnell who was the the principal up there who who were brilliant and just kind of i i guess they kind of um they kind of they kind of would have been in my ear and stuff coming up to trials and just trying to you know really tell me what I need to do to get noticed and uh, I was very lucky that I, that I had them kind of uh guiding me on that but um we also we had a we had you know we did have a strong team and there was a couple of other lads in a couple of years previous to me had got, gone on and you know paid Leinster schools and stuff like that as well and you know um even Connor McPhillips and Malcolm O'Kelly and a few of these lads who you know Malcolm O'Kelly was a Temple Oak man as well and you know, I, I guess tr- throughout my school years, they would have came back in and spoke to us. And, you know, you, you would have known it's not impossible to make it anyway. So, um, yeah, that was how it all kind of shaped it.
0: So you went to Temple Oak College, um, but at the same time, were you playing club rugby or did you just, or what, what, what like what happened there? Um, I,
1: I, I picked up with rugby ball really for the first time in, in uh, when, when I went into first year in Temple Oak up until that point it, it was really uh, it was really all Gaelic but it's very I, I guess Gaelic the great thing about it is you know it's very transferable the skills you know your your coordination your um you know your your eye coordination and everything like that is, is extremely strong uh, more so than I think if, if a rugby lad tried to move over to to Gaelic I think I think Gaelic gives you a very good kind of uh skill set to move into rugby so uh yeah I picked it up I guess pretty quickly and then my my brothers and stuff like that would have been playing rugby they were a little bit older than me so they would have been playing a bit of rugby so um yeah and always always had someone to go out and play and throw around the ball with so um yeah kind of those six years then in temple oga kind of yeah kind of felt like there was maybe an opportunity if 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 i you know if if i got lucky with injuries and stuff like that that there might be an opportunity that i could like i I could get noticed and kind of get into maybe the pro setup at some stage
0: um I came across. Could be wrong now. You might just be able to shed shed more light on this. But you went to UCD. Had you a couple of trials? Or I know you played rugby with UCD, but yeah. college didn't end up right, did it? I think you went yeah. once or two, yeah. once twice, was it? Yeah, yeah, a
1: couple of a couple of restarts in there. <laughs> yeah. Now I I was on a scholarship, yeah, to UCD for rugby, um, and. Yeah, like that. That kind of came from, I guess. Yeah, we had been on a couple of uh, rugby tours and stuff. I think went over to South Africa with the Leinster Schools team and went quite well. So kind of managed to get noticed there, and then yeah, got on a scholarship to UCD, and yeah, was studying arts up there as well. And kind of always in the background of uh, my mind, I, I wanted to make it just in the rugby and. Probably didn't give it my best shot up in UCD, so a couple uh, restarted, restarted first year a couple of times up there. But uh, yeah, no, look, the the rugby started going well for me then, and and I got, a, I got a, I got a, I had a couple of skates come down and kind of look at me for um for Connacht then, and yeah, by I think twenty or twenty one, I was heading down then for for kind of trials, trial games and stuff for Connacht then.
0: You went to, you mentioned it there that you went to on a couple of. Um trips and one of those trips would have been to south africa would that be with with leinster schools or was that when you were in ucd yeah
1: that was with leinster schools so um yeah it was i I would have been um i would have been going into sixth year and uh yeah so it would have been you know a really really strong group of players there and i like that there was some number of that team would have gone on to a professional level after now when you think about it but uh yeah i actually i got selected on that as a as an out half um, I don't know how that happened, but uh, but then yeah, on that trip, um, I moved to centre then and kind of found, found number twelve to be a, a lot more suitable position for me then. So, um, yeah, I think I have. I think it was very lucky coach who, who made that decision. So I have him to thank for that.
0: And uh, well, like, uh, I, I assume so. You were now half up, up until that point. Were you? Uh,
1: yeah, I was with I was with Temple Oak College, uh, and. Yeah, like I went to the trials and everything uh, for for Leinster schools as an out-half, but uh, yeah, like once I moved to 12, I I just felt more comfortable there. I think, you know, distribution wise and stuff like that, I probably, you know, to take that next step up, I never would have made it as a 10. So um, yeah, very happy with that decision.
0: Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, um, did you rebel against it? Because I was listening to something about Patrick, I think Patrick Everett, you know, Patrice Everett, sorry, when he went yeah. to United or before he went to United, he was a striker at some stage and he very much rebelled against, you know, play, playing in the backs then. Um, but going by what you said there, you're you're happy enough to, to yeah. transition.
1: I think, uh, I think that if the, you know, the, the, the kind of person you have to be to be an out half you know you have to be you know like a very good I suppose like general of the the field and kind of boss the forwards around and everything like that And I probably don't I'm probably not personality wise I'm probably not that person anyway but outside of that yeah my (laughs) I think my passing game would have let me down down the line so uh, yeah I think 12 was a pretty good fit for me and I enjoyed like you know I I enjoyed ball carrying and you know especially on the defensive end that was probably where I was I, I was quite strong so um twelve channel, I think was a little bit more suited to me.
0: Yeah. Would I be correct so saying that it was minor age or around 18, you decided, look, rugby is is the route I want to go. and um, I'm gonna, you know, commit to it 100 percent
1: Yeah, yeah. It was around that age, yeah. Um I would have, yeah, I would have had to kind of leave leave Gaelic in the kind of um, rear view mirror at some stage and and just kind of commit to the rugby. And tough, tough, tough decision obviously, because would have grown up, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my best friends and stuff playing for Temple Oak, Sing Street and, um, you know, some of them went on to, to do quite well with the Dublin minors and stuff like that. So um, I, I think, yeah, it was a tough decision, but ultimately, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to, you know, be able to make a career out of this and, and, you know, have the opportunity to go professional and make a good living out of it. So um, yeah, we kind of committed, committed to the rugby and then had a, you know, a couple of years where it was a little bit shaky because I had, I had a good few injuries I missed out on the Leinster Academy, um, had a kind of a run of injuries and kind of got to the stage there where I, I, I started having to think about, you know, maybe this is, maybe this won't go my way. And I had I, I guess I just hadn't had a, a clear run at it for for a year. And then I had that in UCD where, you know, I wasn't playing for Leinster. I wasn't playing any professional rugby. It was just a, one year with UCD where I had a really, really good run of games and uh, the Connacht skates came looking then. And that's, that's where we, we got offered a development contract then
0: upon your reflection now, look, I suppose at the time, you know, when you're in the bubble, it's hard to, to to view it, but um I've been the same boat now as this, but when you moved away to Australia, you know, a couple of years ago for a year, um, looking back, how do you think your upbringing in Timbalogue shaped you into the person you are today? If that makes sense. Is that kind of a bit of a... No, no, no. It's uh, like... Uh, I, I guess, I, I guess, we,
1: like there was a bit of an underdog uh, mentality there. Like w- w- when I was in Templeogue, you know, you're like I, I was going along to those trials by myself, and a lot of you know, a lot of other schools, you know, there would be five, six, seven players going to those schools' trials. So um, there was a little bit of a chip on the shoulder there, and you want to you want to prove yourself, and uh, you know that's where my dad and you know, like I said, some of those coaches I would have had. You know we're just kind of in my ear you know you can't go into your yourself in these trials you've got that kind of one opportunity to to go out there and and kind of showcase yourself so that that kind of mentality you know would have always been in the back of my mind and then you know going over to australia i had to you know i was 20 i was 26 when i retired and then you know going over and in, in a brand new country and, and starting again and I hadn't at this stage decided to go back studying either. So I, I dipped my toe into a few jobs and stuff like that. And it was, you know, it was a struggle. It was definitely like that first year I found it, I found it quite tough, but I guess you have to just, you know, pick yourself back up again and, and keep going with it. And I, I was lucky then when that, when the opportunity to went, to go back and study um, popped up, I really enjoyed the course. So the business management and entrepreneurship course is is the one I done. And uh, that one was just a really good fit for me. at a good time in my life, I think.
0: You you touched on it there, on um the transferable skills between J and Rugby. Um, but let's just delve into that a bit more. Um, what other skills would you see that very transfer transferable between both sports?
1: Um I guess I guess um, you know, like I said, the the golf players um have such such like such a great like coordination. Um, you know, I played midfield. And, you know, I guess, you know, uh, my job, my job was, you know, catching the kick-outs, catching those high balls and everything. And those are so transferable to rugby, you know, uh, like pull back under the high balls and stuff like that. So for, you know, and, and even just, you know, I, I guess you're kicking, you're kicking so many balls over the bar in, in gas. So even your, your coordination for kicking the ball and everything like that is, is very transferable. Whereas I don't know, like I said, I don't know. Um, it, it'd be quite tough, you know, if you grew if you grew up playing, uh, playing rugby, it might be a bit tougher to go the opposite way, I think. Anyway, um, I'm sure. I'm sure some people have made that made that uh, transfer very well, also. But uh, yeah, like I, I think, and um, and and also like your fitness levels as a gal player are so good. Um, you know, I think those lads, those lads are incredible athletes now, and uh, that that is that is something that you know I, I probably I learned. You know, uh, if I can just keep going in those games, like I was, I always played my best stuff. Uh, in rugby, when I had, had a run of games together, and I felt really, really fit, and um, that was another thing, you know, is, 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 with Gaelic, I, I kind of realised just how, how important those fitness levels are, you know, and trying to get to that really, really good good level of fitness.
0: This is probably going to be a tough, enough question because if, if I was asked it, I probably wouldn't know how to answer it. But from a young age, what would what would your passion have been in life? Um, would it been actually to be a rugby player or? You know, uh, what was your core passion?
1: I was, uh, I was all sport, like, really, really was. Like, our family our family was just all, all sport. And, like, at the time, like, it would have been Gaelic for definitely the first no- number of years. But when, when I kind of, yeah, when I realized that I could make an make actual living out of rugby and, you know, go, go into it full on, that became my kind of obsession then. And, like, that's why it was very, very tough in those years when it didn't look like it was going to happen for me that it, it, it was tough, like, and, and, you know, those injuries can, can just plague you as well. Like I had a couple of bad injuries and I had a few underlying kind of, like I had, I, I had a double hip surgery at a, at 23. And that was something that probably towards the end of my Gaelic days, like when I was just coming up to minor level, I started to feel that come on um, and osteitis, osteitis pubis is the, is the, um, is the, the issue that I had. And it's, it's actually one that a good few Gaelic players would would deal with, Um, but I yeah I had to I had to manage that throughout my rugby career. I had to manage that very very like closely, and and uh, that was just something that was that was always kind of eating away at me. And then uh, and then the other injuries I had just meant that I couldn't really put myself in the window to get into the the Leinster Academy. And um, I felt like I probably I, I felt like skills wise and probably you know. Um, physicality-wise and stuff like that, I could get there, but uh, I just couldn't get a run of games together. So that was that was a difficult kind of uh, period in my life. I just, I, I, I felt like it, it could have slipped away from me quite easy there.
0: Going by what you said there, um, I could, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, you were probably never, apart from the run of games in UCD, you are probably never 100% going into going into seasons or going into games, you know, you probably can never commit yourself a hundred percent because there's always yeah negative. background issues. Do you, yeah. do you have regrets that you should have maybe packed in the football area that maybe you probably did too much at a young age? Yeah. Like it.
1: it is, it's It's easy to say that now, but when you're a young lad and you, you know, you just want to keep playing. And I, I loved, I honestly, like. I, I loved the, the Gaelic so much like, and, you know that like i said i was playing i was playing that from such a young age with my best best mates and you you just become you know you just become very very close and I, I really did. Like and uh, my, my dad loved it as well. So it was uh, it was very tough at the time to say, you know, I uh, look, we'll take a step back from it. And I didn't really understand what the issues were as well. I thought it was just something, you know, I'm carrying a little bit of a niggle. But it was when I went and got the scans and stuff and and kind of saw that there was there was these kind of underlying issues with my hips and, and uh, that it would it would probably be something that I would have to manage for the rest of my career. Um yeah like that now I probably would have said less less would have been better in those early years but look it's it's, it's easy to say that now like
0: yeah no I know it is of course definitely definitely and it, what um like I have have you any issues around the uh, around hips or previous in indri- previous injuries before you in the kind of have you any of those underlying issues now yeah like
1: that, that was something like I don't I don't squat I don't deadlift and I didn't you know for the majority of my rugby career I wouldn't have gone near any of that stuff but the good thing now is that you know the 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 um SNC coaches in in rugby and and you know in Gaelic as well are, are very good at managing those so if you do have something that doesn't work for you it's it's you know it's not one kind of one glove fits all you know and they're very good at that these days if you have an issue like that I would have done all single leg work Say from for for my gym work, I would have done all the single leg work instead, and they don't force you to do things that are going to put you in pain. So that was something that I managed throughout my whole career, and you know, through different through different kind of ways of managing it, I, I got through. But um, it would have been nice to go through my rugby career without it now. But but a lot of lads, a lot of lads have those niggles, and um, that was just one that kind of didn't really go away for me. And even nowadays, like uh, I still won't go near those things in the gym, and. Yeah, a lot of foam rolling and a lot of stretching before sessions and, and, uh, I'm sure that's not going to get any easier as I get older as well, but, uh, it's it's manageable anyway.
0: Yeah, it's, I know what you mean, no, oh, that's, that's, um, that's interesting. Yeah, no, and w- like, would you be fond of, um, sea swimming? Are you close to sea up there? In Bondi Beach, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not in Ireland, no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've, I've struggled to get back into it now since I left
1: Australia, but, uh but uh no, I will I I, I will now just somewhere. I'll definitely yeah, I'll definitely head down. To that. But uh, I I struggled to get back into it now in the first few months after coming back. Uh <laughs> prospect <laughs> <laughs> there.
0: Yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely much colder, right? Definitely. Jesus, it's freezing, but I find it great. Just even for your mind, like just to hop in yeah, really, yes. it's uh it's it's definitely definitely has its benefits. Um do, do you um like nowadays how do you pass your time are you still doing like you still do whatever I say pass your time you're obviously you it's business but you know to keep yourself fit yeah yeah um yeah I would have I would have
1: like in Australia I would have got quite into um doing doing running I don't, I wouldn't do very long distances because again with my hips it doesn't really agree with me that much but um a bit of running I try to do a bit of sport here and there like um and I I still would I, I would still like really enjoy going to the gym and stuff like that I think mentally you know if I get a gym session done during the day, uh, it always just puts me on a good track for the day, I think. So, um, that kind of routine, I suppose you kind of build that when you're playing rugby, and and it's something that probably stands to you then for, for the rest of your life. You get into a good kind of habits.
0: So, tell us, um, how that move to, to kind of came about. Uh, you well, you sorry, you alluded to it already, but you know, when. When that door closed in in Linster um, with the academy, it must have been a very very difficult time. But then when you got the opportunity to go to Connacht, do you want to just kind of bring us through that whole journey and and what your time was like in Connacht?
1: Yeah, um, so Nigel Carlin um would have kind of came to a couple of my games in UCD, and um, Nigel just is finishing up now with Connacht I think this year but uh, he would have come to a couple of my games up in UCD and he would have coached me uh, with the Ireland under 20s as well so I had that kind of a link there and he knew a bit about me and uh, I guess yeah like we had we had kept in touch and he said if I, if I stayed injury free and, and was playing good rugby they'd come and have a look and that's what happened and they offered me down for kind of a, a development contract uh, initially and then managed to do enough on that uh, to, to um, be warranted with a, a two-year contract and yeah like that, that's how it all came about and i was just trying to i was signed to play you know play rugby and i was 20 i was 20 or 21 at the time and uh just wanted to play um you know just get a get, get game time and i i loved it like went down to connacht and you know first season was uh was the first season that Connacht were in the heineken cup so i really went down at a at a very fortunate stage and uh yeah, like mad, uh, like just just a mad uh, kind of first first two years for me, and really kind of threw myself into it and and enjoyed the whole thing.
0: Were you? Did you go down as academy, or did you go straight into the uh, profe- a full professional contract?
1: It was a so it was a development contract, uh, which was the kind of a year contract, and. Uh, so it's a, it's a step above academy, but you're you're still you know they' they're basically seeing how you go over the space of a year and if you can take that step up and then a couple of months into that contract, then I would have got offered the the full two a full two year contract then uh, so yeah kind of...
0: around that time so we say that first year on Connacht, i think you would have been with Ireland on, on the twenties um had you you World Cup campaign that time
1: uh yeah we i went over um, it was actually it was actually before. Uh, it was before I didn't make the Leinster Academy, so it was the, the Ireland Under 20s was was that year, and then I, I I just got back in time to go on the Ireland Under 20s trip, and we went out to Argentina, and uh, I played I played quite well over there, but again I had missed the whole previous year pretty much with injury, so I didn't you know it, it would have been it would have been probably too big of a question mark to give me a, a, an academy contract after that because uh, you know your injury profile is not great and. You know, they need to see it consistently. So um, despite playing okay on that on that tournament, I probably just hadn't had enough game time. And I, I completely understood that as well. I understood their decision um, as tough as it was like to to, to um, go into, it, I suppose, a year of, of no, you know, uh, provincial rugby.
0: Yeah, no, no, definitely, definitely. Um, I was actually, when I came across that, um, done the 20s, that side, um, I believe, geez, it was quite a strong side. A lot of the guys are went on to have very successful careers, wouldn't it? You have like, I think you had Jordan Murphy and you had, um, Cooney. Was it good?
1: Yeah. yeah. Cooney. Yeah. GC was a brilliant. side, Really strong, strong side. Yeah. And, uh, I think, um, yeah, I think, I think a huge, a huge number of that side went on, and, and you know, went on to the professional level. Um, but yeah, that, that side had won the, the Grand Slam, the Six Nations. Uh, but then, yeah, we didn't, we didn't perform as well as we, as we probably should have on the, in the World Cup. But, uh, Again, so many of those lads went on done really really well there was Reece Roto, Don McRyan and you know all, a lot of really really top quality players on on that side so um, yeah they, they all pushed on
0: I think Cup nights um, you know they're special no matter where you are uh, what were they like for you in I know you kind of missed a few of them through injury but in the 2012 to 13 season I think you actually played all that campaign I say they must have been great to be involved and Great crack and great atmosphere
1: around uh, around G- Galway that night. Yeah, it was it was such a buzz like around Galway for those games and uh, just really really exciting. Uh, you know, my my ter- my second game uh, start for Connacht was uh, was the first uh, was Connacht's first ever Huntington Cup game, so that was uh, that was crazy. And then the third game was Toulouse at home in the sports ground. So my, my third my third uh, start was Toulouse at home in the sports ground and. I yeah, just yeah that, like looking like you, you know the team that they had ate that day would have been pretty much all the French internationals who I would have grown up watching and kind of you know my opposite number it was y- Yannick Josian and these guys and you know lads you would have kind of just always you know grown up and you know idolized and then for me to be able to play against them it was just massive and yeah I loved, loved the atmosphere of those games it's just a step up from anything I had ever experienced before so I always remember that yeah.
0: Was Ulton DeLand there at that time? I think he might have been just academy at that time. Was he? Yeah, he, he,
1: he was coming through. Uh, he was coming through, and then um, my kind of last, my kind of last three or four years, then in Connacht, he he had really pushed through.
0: During like during that time, um, you know, with Connacht, you had two coaches. Um, I suppose the the main one that a lot of people would remember um would be Pat Lamb, and he really kind of changed the whole but well, I wouldn't say he changed. He probably more really rejuvenated Connacht um, and brought them success. What did he do different or, or what did he add to the whole thing, in your opinion?
1: Um, yeah, I think, I think Pat just brought a kind of a, a, kind of a, a new level of professionalism, probably, um, you know, and, and even the, the whole like culture side of it as well. You know, he really bought into, bought into uh, what Connacht were all about, but I think he, he probably brought things to a new level um, for us like professionally he you know all all video sessions and everything like that being uh videoed and you know all the stats and everything from those sessions were kind of give, given back to us and there was no arguing you know if if you know you couldn't really argue with the stats after sessions and that that kind of drove lads on to to be better and you know you you find yourself you know all all of a sudden you were you were held accountable if you if you weren't putting the work in you know you couldn't really hide from from it and uh i think that just kind of brought us to a new level and then. He had a massive knowledge for the game as well, um, and you know he he changed he changed a lot of things that we probably were just very very used to over the years, and you know m- mainly being that like, you know he he kind of didn't want us kicking the ball away, and you know it's very tough to argue with him when, when you know when results start going your way, and you know it's it, it, you know he just yeah I think he I think he just kind of brought things to a new level for us, but Eric Eric L get me my my break. Uh, and, you know, I learned a huge amount of him as well in my first couple of years down there. So uh, he's done some brilliant stuff for Connacht. And, um, yeah, so the two of them really kind of shaped, shaped my career, I think. Yeah.
0: In your opinion, um, do you know, you, like you would have been in and in around uh, the fringes of, of Linster and, you you know, would they say the school set up and you're with Ireland on 20s and then you're with Connacht. What would you say um, is culture? What would be your interpretation of of culture team culture
1: um i think i think just being a very very like close close close-knit team you know i i think being close-knit but also like holding yourselves accountable and if, if there's lads not putting in the work that you'll get called out on it Um, like that's kind of empowering the team to do that and when when you start to realize that it's all for the benefit of the team that's probably what what pat kind of instilled in us and that it's not you know it's it's not you know there's no snitches on the team or anything like that but it's 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 lads looking out for you know the, the one goal is is to win something here and you know if you're not on board with that then you know you can you can leave kind of so i think it's instilling that kind of into everyone and um he definitely did that
0: 2016 um actually before i i, I delve into that you know, I've been lucky to to have a lot of guests on the podcast, and you know, some guys, you know, finished out their career. Some guys or some girls were forced to retire. Um, the biggest thing they find um, would be the, you know, I suppose their identity of being a professional sport athlete or an athlete is no longer, um, and coming to terms with that, and you know, try to find a new identity. What was that time like for you, 2016? You were 26, 25, 26, you were forced to retire. Yeah. What was the emotions at the time? What were you going through?
1: Um yeah, really like really, really tough, uh, tough stage. Um and like, you know, that that going down to tell your teammates uh that you know you're 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 gonna have to hang up the boots is you know, you, you prepare for it and you know, you kind of. I remember driving down. I'd I'd been in Dublin to see a specialist, and you know, when when you kind of say it say it out loud, it kind of hits on with you that you know you you're, you actually are hanging up the boots and you're retiring. And you know, I would have rehearsed what I what I was going to say to the lads. You know, the whole journey down to to Galway, and as soon as you say it, you know, you find yourself in in tears. Then and and it's mad because it's a very like you know. You're a very you're just such a close snake group, and uh, I had seen it before with other lads you know doing the same thing and um it's it's a really really tough thing to do and yeah i i still wanted it still one of the um toughest things that I've had to do in my life you know and and i and I think a lot of lads in the team probably didn't know I was quite at that stage yet, so it came as, as a bit of a shock to a lot of them as well, but it's uh, yeah, it's certainly a struggle, and then you know you have to quickly try and pick yourself up because. You know, the day after that, then you're not coming in there, and the rest of the team are going back in to train again. So you quickly have to try and pick yourself up and and move on. But mentally, it is quite a challenge. And I probably for me, uh, it was when I went over to Australia, and because I went travelling for a couple of months, and when I was travelling, you know, I was al- I always had somewhere to be. I always, you know, I was on the move the whole time. I was I, I was kind of um I kind of always had had my day completely planned out, and it was super busy. When I went to Australia, it was when the first time I kind of like right i have to i have to get a job here i need to i need to you know and i I stayed still in one kind of place for for a a long time and and then all your friends are back home playing rugby and you know that's when i probably i did probably struggle with it and um yeah that was it's a tough period like you kind of you kind of asking yourself why 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 you like why why it happened to you but look it's, it's 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 everyone has to go through it at some stage like and i think um I I think probably while you're still playing is the opportunity to find other passions outside the game. And that'll make their transition a lot easier. I think not making, making rugby or making your sport, you know, not to be all and end all that's, that's really important. I think.
0: Definitely the, what you know, not making it to be all and end all. I suppose that's very hard to do at the time because yep. you you know you're 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 in the bubble and your career is rugby um and even more so in your you know in your situation the fact that you're only 26 you know I suppose you, you you're hoping things will keep going for another four or five years you know um definitely yeah what looking back now did you go through any form of anxiety or dep- I wouldn't say depression but feeling extremely down um lack of clarity feeling alone did you go through a mixture of emotions at the time just it's just a lot of
1: uncertainty like you don't you don't know you you're like you said your identity is kind of taken away from you and your your reason for getting out of bed in the morning you know is kind of gone all of a sudden and you have to find something to replace it and uh i guess when i kind of when i tried to figure out for me what i wanted to get into um I, we, we were quite lucky when I was staying in Connacht we did have some you know business speakers come in and talk to us and Rugby Players Ireland set up set us up with kind of mentors and stuff like that and I did I did go on to a couple of kind of workshops on entrepreneurship and you know people who had started their own business came in and told us their story and I did have an interest in that and uh, when the opportunity uh, opened up for me then to go back and study um, in Australia uh, the course business management and entrepreneurship I, I kind of felt like I, it was something that I might be interested in and I loved it. It was a completely, completely different to my UCD uh, college career. Uh, but like, I just enjoyed the course and I enjoyed the whole kind of, you know, entrepreneurship in many ways is quite like has many similarities to to sport, you know, a lot of, a lot of highs and a lot of lows. And, um, it, it, it's, it's everything that you put into it that you'll get out, I guess. So that's what I kind of drew me to it. And, and I, I, that's what I'm still finding, you know, there's there 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 is great highs with with this and you know that could be getting, you know, you know, whatever, a new deal or something like that. But that keeps it coming back and I, I I'm really enjoying it at the moment.
0: A lot of laws as well. A lot yeah. of laws. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Um how did how did that opportunity um come about in Australia, you know, to go down and study business management and entrepreneurship? Um mm-hmm. did you go about it yourself or was it just did you decide after a few drinks or how how did it i was trying to avoid uh, doing my farm work over there <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: No, no it, it was kind of in the back of my mind and then uh and then yeah look it, it, it like i i kind of said i'm 20 I, at the time I, I just turned 27 i was like if i can if i can get something behind me before the age of 30 i'd i'd you know it'd probably stand to me and uh, so I, I started looking up courses and that one just stood out to me and and it, it was brilliant. Um, it was it was a very kind of interactive course. You know, a lot of business speakers coming in, taking lectures and stuff like that. And it just was a good fit for me. Um, and yeah, I got a bit of work experience then as part of the course. You had to do, I think it was 12 weeks uh, intern internship at the end of each year uh, with a company. So I got some good work experience in startups over there. I kind of started to find that that's what really interested me. I kind of liked the startup kind of uh i suppose the startup kind of um philosophy and that that was what really kind of drove me to to think okay i want to i want to do something for myself now and
0: was that three years or four years or what was it the that,
1: that, that, was, that was it was a three-year course but i condensed it into uh two years so i done the i done the kind of the um i done the I, yeah, I I guess I just crammed it crammed it into two years and uh, yeah, just bashed it out. Um, tried to get it done as quick as possible, but it was it was good. Like it was tough, but it was good.
0: And oh, was it is it level level eight or nine in Ireland? Do you know what level it is?
1: Um, I, it's just a it's just a degree. Like it would be the same as you know if you went through. And uh, I didn't, you know, there was the option for me to go on and do a masters, but mm. I I kind of uh, I wanted to I wanted to get back and get started on something here um and yeah like i think with, with that i kind of fe- I, I kind of felt like i i i hadn't no- i had enough ideas that I, I if i didn't go for them now you know someone else would come along and do it so i kind of wanted to get cracking on it
0: yeah no it's um it's a yeah, it's a it's a, it's a level eight so i say goes the level nine B masters No, that's uh just that's very interesting the, the way you were able to bash it out in in two years um and financially was it much more affordable than ireland at the time
1: uh no like the, it's it's expensive enough uh studying over over in australia um. but look i i had some decent savings uh from from my rugby career and uh yeah like i think i i think it was just more for me mentally getting over to australia was brilliant you know it was it was a it, it was you know probably probably a little bit easier to to deal with the rugby when it wasn't you know when the games are on in the middle of the night for me over there so i wasn't uh i wasn't seeing too much of it and uh yeah, it probably, you know, it was just all new to me over there. And it was nice to, it was just nice to kind of experience that. I, I kind of missed the opportunity, I guess, um, to go abroad and live abroad ever before. So I'm um, really, really happy i had done that. I spent, spent a full three years over there and, and really, really enjoyed it.
0: Class, class, that's brilliant. And What were you doing before you went, You know, you started studying? Were you going between jobs?
1: Uh, yeah, I, I worked in a Nike store for around a month. And then, uh, and uh, then I I jumped out of that. I done a um. It was a kind of a, a digital media um job. I was kind of updating people's computers. I jumped around that for around two months. And then uh, I done property for a while. Uh, I done I, I worked in a real estate agent and. Uh, yeah, the only kind of role that was going there in the end was a very salesy role. And I'm not a I'm not a good salesperson. So uh that I kind of jumped out of that, but but it was all good experience. Like it, it kind of pointed me in the right direction and kind of showed me what I what I wanted to get into. Um so
0: I'm glad I done it all. Yeah. F character building as as I yeah. always say. <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely, yeah. Um what skills? Um, you know, looking back, no, you're you finished rugby uh four or five years ago what skills do you feel are very transferable from a professional in well, a professional rugby environment to the business world or sorry to we say entrepreneurship
1: yeah um a lot like the, the the injuries with rugby are very very mentally tough and you know you can get yourself into a into a kind of a, a tough place and you have to pick yourself up with it you know usually it's kind of you follow a similar kind of a process where you kind of mope around for a while and then you kind of come to terms with it and then you you really crack into the the rehab side of things and you start to see the bigger picture and you just kind of you, you and after a number of years of having to do that you kind of you kind of like it becomes ingrained in you you know you have to pick yourself up and keep going and that is that is very very much what uh, i'm finding with business now like a lot of things are going go wrong and you know headaches every day but you just have to kind of pick yourself up and, and keep keep moving on with it and that's kind of uh, that kind of mentality i suppose is one of the main things i've found but there is like there is so many other things like you know um you, you obviously you you kind of work work within a team uh, in rugby and you kind of start to see all the different personalities and kind of you get very good at that in in rugby you kind of see you suppose your people skills get very very good so all of that transfer is over and even things like you know interviews after games that kind of side of things like that's not natural to me i'm not good at it um but you have to do it and and all of that stuff then you'll be called upon in business you know if you're pitching all that kind of stuff it all it all kind of transfers over so it's all good practice and i'm still i'm still learning uh, learning a huge amount but um you just have to throw yourself into it i guess yeah what do you love about the journey so far um, I guess, I, I guess for me, those little, those little kind of wins you get, um, you know, it's, it's really all, it's really all just kind of problem solving. Like every day is, is a bunch of tasks that you just have to figure out the way to get past them. And, and that's what keeps, that's what keeps it interesting, you know, cause it can usually be done. Like it, it can all really be done and you just have to figure out the best way to do it. And, and when you do, then it gives you a good lift and a good boost. And that's what kind of, I find, you know, gets you out of bed in the morning at the moment, like I. You know when you figure those, when you figure those things out and you kind of bring it to a new level, then each time, um, that's what that's what I'm really enjoying about it. And um, it's a uh, yeah, like it, I, I, we've kind of had a whirlwind for six months with this business. Like, um, kind of it just picked up very very quickly, and I've kind of had to learn on on the go, like with a lot of a lot of it. Uh, but that's the way that that's probably the best way to learn as well. You know, you're under pressure and you have to you have to figure things out on the go.
0: Something you touched on earlier on, I think at the start. Um, you said, you know, you the same as rugby, the work you put in, in yeah. in the journey, in your own business, you do get it out, but yeah. you don't see the results straight away. And that's the hard thing, isn't it? But it's yeah. it's the whole process. And I don't know about you, but like you get excited when you, like when you think of new ideas or think of new strategies.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like that. And it's, it's very, like, the the one the role that i'm in at the moment like it's very like you can be creative in it and you you know that's one of the startups i kind of i worked in over in australia had that kind of really really good philosophy with things where no idea was kind of too too mad and that's kind of that's what i've enjoyed with this you know we're trying to constantly like challenge ourselves to come up with with new kind of marketing ideas and and different different ways to promote the business and get it out there and that's the you know it's exciting each day is pretty exciting with that and I try keep that with with the employees that we have now at the moment. I try and keep that same kind of uh, mentality. Um. So yeah, it's, it's it's like it's it's been a fun it's been a fun journey. And like I said, there's a lot of headaches with it, but it's it's all part of it. Like,
0: yeah. And like how like I don't know about, about you, but like I could be in bed and like think of an idea at one o'clock in the morning. And I'm like I have to do it now.
1: Are you are you the same as that? Like, you just get... that was literally me with the with the cookie. Though I would jump out of bed and go down and throw on another batch of them to change the recipe change one gram of sugar and uh i i would be the exact same as that you know you come up with this idea and and you just have to go for it so that was that was like an obsession for me trying to trying to get that recipe uh nailed down but uh like now now we have to change the recipe again because we're coming up with new ones like vegan options and stuff like that so we're trying to do all that all, all over again but i have a bit more help with me now which is which is great we have a, you know we have some great staff members and stuff out there, but um, yeah, I think you have to be a little bit mad probably for <laughs> for uh, for some of the things in entrepreneurship. There. Definitely,
0: definitely, one hundred percent. And before we just delve into um, the company, something I do find very interesting, and I think very much with um, rugby players compared to GA players, but maybe it's probably changing now. Um, I think GA players are very good at this now, especially at the elite level. But time management. Mm-hmm. rugby players seem to be brilliant at it. Yeah. Is is that something that that kind of comes naturally with you or or how are you taught taught that from a young age or or what's what's your feeling around that?
1: Yeah, like it, it probably wasn't something that I that I was great at, uh, but that I've had to improve at a lot. Like it it it's just uh it's just become so ingrained in you, like, you know, team meetings and stuff like that, you just can't you can't be showing up late to to that stuff in, in a professional environment and you know, you get called. you'll be, you know, you'll be given a good ballerkin if you come late to a meeting and, you know, you might not even be allowed to sit in the meeting or or whatever, but, you know, people, if if you're constantly late for things uh, in a professional environment, you know, you don't, you won't, you won't last. Like, so you have to, you have to, you know, you have, you have to get good at that kind of stuff. And like, I think it, it helps if you're interested in what you're doing, if you're getting out of bed to go do something that you want to do, it obviously helps that and and your time management and stuff like that will be a lot better. But um yeah for me, for me, I just I I'm just I have to be interested in what I'm doing. I like I wouldn't be someone who I, I think could sit in, you know, like a, an office job that I'm not interested in for, for a long period of time. I might do it for a while. Uh but I think it just for, for me I have to I have to be doing something that you know I'm passionate about. And um that's that's just it. I think my dad is probably the exact same way himself um so that's that yeah that's it that's just the way i feel about it yeah
0: um so we we kind of touched it at different stages throughout the the interview um so far but how like how did you come up with the idea like like what makes okay let me start again now how would you come up with the idea with the cookie dough like like what makes it different to what's out there at the moment
1: yeah um it's funny like it's just a lot like a bit of research um behind it and maybe just recognizing that ireland had a bit of a gap in the market for it Um like i looked at you know new york london australia in these places, and they had kind of they had better options they had more options and ireland is like sorry not not even just ireland but ireland the uk can sometimes be a little bit behind australia and america with trends and um yeah, it was a bit of research for myself just to kind of see, okay, is is there, is there something going on in this space in Ireland? And um, then, like I said, the the, the cookie trend probably hit, was hitting at the right time as well. Like that was quite big when I was in Australia, it was quite big in, in New York and it was kicking off in London. So I kind of felt like we'd kind of shift from donuts to cookies a little bit at some stage because like everyone knows the donuts kind of kicked off here a couple of years back as well. So I guess there was that kind of double realization that maybe there was an opportunity to kind of you know time this right and and, um yeah but then like like i said the pandemic just kind of accelerated it as well because people were at home looking for something to do so that all kind of pivoted the business towards you know a a retail cookie dough
0: so i'd be right in saying um that it's that proposition or that idea of ready-made cookie dough wasn't in ireland until you came along
1: it it had been it had been kind of done, but maybe maybe not like a really like premium style one. Um and yeah, like I, I think I think yeah, there was a couple of companies who had done it and maybe maybe that was purely because cookies at the time weren't kind of on trend or or, or whatever. Uh but like the, it, like as soon as I got home, you know, I did I, I did start to see you know a couple more places here and there on social media and stuff were starting to you know kind of make these kind of style cookies. So I said I better move with it quickly or someone else will. So that was kind of uh, my mentality. And then London, like I said, London, I saw a couple of companies doing very similar to, to uh, style things in London and go quite well. So um that was what pushed me into it. Yeah,
0: I've spoken to a few people now about uh, your the product and. Uh, I was actually speaking to my cousin at the weekend, and she's actually in Dublin, and she said, I love it. I love it. I get it every every weekend, and the main uh, trend I got from everyone was convenience. Yeah, simple. Yeah. It's it's. I believe it comes in. Um, obviously the the cookie dough, but it comes in bacon. Um, bacon paper, yeah. bacon paper as well. So it's it's very little work. It's clean. Yeah,
1: yeah it's it's very little work, and and um, it kind of takes all maybe a, a lot of the nicer parts of bacon. Like you know, taking it out of the oven and, and eating it, uh, without the cleanup side of things, you know, and buying ingredients and making a mess. So it's quite accessible, uh, and you know, for kids and stuff as well, they can dive into you know a bit of bacon and you kind of feel you get that kind of nice feeling that it's it's still homemade and you've done some of the work, but maybe uh, we take away take away some of the some of the bad parts of it. So um yeah, it, it's 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 enjoy it's a, it's a bit of enjoyment and. You know, I see a lot of see a lot of families and stuff. Would do it on weekends and stuff. But, but like I said, we're still it's still in its very early stages. And like we we don't know. You know, after after the pandemic kind of uh, finishes and you know people go back to work and stuff, we might change the business around a bit more again. So we just kind of have to keep 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 ready for for yeah, I suppose adapt to to how things might change there. So it's still it's still in such an early stage of the business. So it's it's by no means a a, a success yet because. You know, as I say, a lot of a lot of businesses, you know, the first year or two is, is is, you know, all about kind of just just staying above the water. And then, you know, you might see in year three, year four, you might see a bit of growth again. So, um, yeah, that's where we're at. Um, What?
0: Uh, like you know, you kind of it touched on there that you know you have to kind of change the product to keep up with the trend, and you know possibly what what the future would be like once this pandemic do does eventually go. Um, would you look at like is is it like I don't know, was it done before? But like protein <laughs> cookies or, or stuff like that—is that something that's out there? Like, or yeah,
1: I think I think there's 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 so much opportunity uh, to to kind of um, broaden broaden the kind of offerings with this, so. Um, yeah, like we have, we have a lot of, we have a lot of avenues we, we would like to get into with it. Um, and like, like I said, we're, we're still like, we're only six months into the business. So it's still, it's still very, very new. And, you know, with, with the pandemic as well, like the, the next step for us is obviously, you know, it may, it's mainly been people in Dublin who have tried it. So we want to get it to the rest of Ireland and, you know, um, the travel restrictions and stuff have meant that a very small percentage of people have still even tried this, Within Ireland, so there's a lot of a lot of scope for us to even bring our, our current products uh, further, and then we can start thinking about, about about other things as well. Like and yeah, but but I think yeah, that's exciting. There is there is loads of opportunity with it to, to kind of branch into new things.
0: Yeah. Well, first of all, you have to branch down to Kerry, like because you know <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a great tourist market down here, and you know <laughs> um, it's uh, I didn't get to ch- I didn't get to try it yet, so I have yeah, to. Yeah. Well, I'll
1: send you then. I'll send you then some after this night.
0: Oh, jeez, happy days. <laughs> how long did it take you to fine-tune the product um because you know you are tasting it a lot yourself and like your taste buds must have been all over the place <laughs> you're constantly just... yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah um yeah well, there's a lot of fine-tuning in it like i think in terms of packaging and stuff like that like we had to we we had to change the packaging around a lot and then mm-hmm. you know it are still learning still learning you know w- what works there and you know what grabs people' attention in, in the shops and stuff like that. So we're constantly tweaking it. And you know, like the the whole bacon paper thing, that kind of came about because you know a couple of people bought the dough, brought it home, and you know didn't have any. Didn't have, like a lot of people don't have bacon paper in the house. And uh, you know, if you, if you open it up and there's none there, and you have to run that into the shop, that's an inconvenience. So we said, why don't we just you know wrap it in the bacon paper and make it super accessible so like i i i wouldn't have done a whole lot of bacon and um, in the last like in only in the last kind of number of years and i probably wouldn't have had bacon paper in my house so uh i probably would have been one of those people who would have had to run down to the shop so i said why don't we just include it
0: in it yeah because like for example that even targets um you know college students as well that would even have bacon ba- ba- paper like um yeah. You know, that's that's actually a really, really good idea. Um it's something I've asked like a lot of entrepreneurs I, I had on and it's something that, you know, kept putting me out of the idea of going into this whole um entrepreneur journey and was the concept of business plans. Like oh, yeah. I've done a lot of business plans because I, I did business in college and I did a masters and yeah. all that. So I was sick of business plans, but yeah, I felt they kind of um they kind of canned me out going here yeah. with the idea. I know, yeah. yeah. What's your What's your feel around that? Bearing in mind, most people I've spoken to haven't didn't yeah. start out with a business plan at all. Yeah, I, I think yeah. Like I've kind of um, I've kind of I've played around with it
1: like business plans and stuff before. And I think I think for you to get started, you don't need one. I think you need to go out and test your product, and mm-hmm. you need to firstly confirm that you have something there before you buy into you know this big massive business plan. Like I think you can always test your product and then once you get feedback and you know, you have something there that people are after and you, you, know, you have a, you know, the means, then a business plan can then be very handy to get some structure on it. You know, even for, you know, if you're seeking an investment or, 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 or something like that, you know, then it's good to, you know, you know, you're going in prepared and, you know, you look, you look like, you know, what you're doing. So, uh, yeah, I think, I think a business plan does play a part, but I think in the early stages, if you have an idea, you just have to, you know, uh, test the market a, a lot first and make sure that you have something that people are actually after you know
0: yeah no definitely like I suppose the biggest thing is you know don't leave it don't leave a big barrier you know to doing going ahead with your idea like you said that's a great way of putting it test yeah. the market first um, yeah what would be the biggest challenge now for rolling the product out throughout Ireland um,
1: distribution now like we're that, that's just kind of you know Distribution outside of Dublin, you know, the, obviously the distribution companies need a uh, they need a, to take their margin, and then we need to take um, you know the retailers uh, in the other counties. Obviously, they need their margin as well. So trying to um, trying to find you know trying to find a distribution company for us now at the moment that makes sense um, is like that'll be that'll be a challenge, but but it's very manageable. I think outside of you know outside of these um, outside of Dublin now, I like uh, i'll need to probably be doing you know trips around around uh ireland now myself and kind of meeting new retailers and kind of showing them the product because like i said it's it's mainly like we're in a lot of places in dublin but we're not in many places outside of dublin and we're in a couple in wicklow and you know mead and and we're getting into wexford and you know we have, we have a couple of these ties i lived in galway obviously so i have ties there but i think trying to you know it, it's meeting these people yourself is always better i think and that's where I need to find the time to you know gain now and be able to meet these people and I think it's it's such a nice touch to go into these cafes and meet them face to face and kind of build those relationships so trying to trying to build that well while, while trying to run the business as well is kind of is going to be tough, but yeah look it's 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 all manageable I think
0: what would a normal day look like for you at the moment <laughs> i suppose that's the big question a normal day because it's probably all over the shop
1: yeah it's a bit all over the place at the moment uh i think in 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 normal times i think like i would try to get up and train in the morning as i would have with the rugby and then that puts me on a good track for the day and then you know i can get to work then and just kind of feel happy that i've done something productive in the morning but uh, these days now like the home workouts don't happen quite as much now uh, Find them, find them a bit tougher to get into. But uh, I I would generally go in, you know, go out to the facility and uh, we'd, you know, we'd have our orders and stuff on the board um, all the cafes and stuff that need to, you know, that we need to get to. And my brother would help out. He'd do, he'd do some of the deliveries and then we have the employees working away out there as well. So I would kind of be more on the building, the business side. So reaching out to new clients, uh, reaching out to new potential uh, customers and, and uh, I'd be on that side of things kind of at the moment and a bit of marketing then as well. So um, kind of like you kind of wear a lot of hats, I suppose, in the beginning and you kind of, yeah, you kind of have to get it, get it a bit good at everything. I'm not I'm not very strong on, on some areas of the business. So um, I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to learn those kind of areas now as I go. Like, and my sister, my sister would help a lot as well with, with that end of things. So
0: yeah look, so that's the joys of, of, of you know running a business it's every, every day to, you know you're learning something new um yeah. you know you can learn so much in college or, yeah. or you know but the practicality is completely different yeah. um, what yeah. what would be too non-negotiable for you every day
1: um i think uh I think I'm very very close to my family i think I, I try and speak to my dad and my mom every day um really really like have been have been I suppose for me have kind of been such a, a big part of my upbringing and and you know um just a lot of, like get a lot of advice from them so I try and speak to them every single day um and it's been tough now during this pandemic because you know I, I'm not seeing as much of them but I've tried to speak to them on the phone phone every day and you know my dad is my my dad would have a lot of really really good business advice and then my mum would you know keep you grounded as a person as well so I'm just very very close with with my family and big part of why I moved back from Australia as well. Um, you know, like I said, I'm the youngest of, of six kids and, you know, we're just a very, very tight family. So that would have been a big part of why I came home. So definitely, uh, definitely trying to keep in touch with them. Other, other, I don't know, I think I'd mentioned to you, if I, if I get a training session in or some kind of exercise in every day, it puts me on a good track for the day. And I think that's probably, you know, with gyms being closed and stuff during this pandemic, it probably has put, you know, a lot of stress on people. But I think just getting out, even for a walk or or, or some kind of exercise every day, um, that for me just puts me in a good mood for the day, really. So those would be kind of two things, um, and like as uh, as like you know business business owners and stuff like that as well. I think there's such benefits in in them just taking a a break away from the work for an hour at least every day and just shutting off and putting your phone away and trying to get away from it. Even like even even though it's tough to do that and a a lot won't, I think I, I think it's important. Like mentally, I think it's super important
0: no definitely definitely it's uh it's my, I, I find it extremely hard to switch off i'm constantly yes. thinking um yeah. w- we're coming towards the end now we finished finish it up in a couple of minutes but what maybe this you might be able to answer this because it kind of happened so quick but how did your expectation compare to the reality of entrepreneurship
1: yeah um yeah like everything everything happens a lot slower than you wanted to and uh, like, and probably costs a lot more than you wanted to as well uh like it's like you you kind of you kind of don't realize all the all the kind of things that have to to happen first before like you uh, you're probably similar to me, you want things to happen at a million miles an hour, and you're kind of like why is, why is this taking so long and you know there's just a lot of a lot of things that have to be done and uh, stuff that have to go in place before obviously you can these deals and stuff like that go through so that that is frustrating um that is frustrating at times, but um, and I guess you, you have to, you know, you have to, you have to be a little bit, um sorry, you have to wear, like I said, you have to wear a lot of hats. So like, for instance, bookkeeping and stuff like that, like that's, it's tough. And like, you don't want to just go into this, uh, you don't want to just go into it with no knowledge of it, like, because it's tough, like, and for, for us right now, you know, we, we have whatever amount of cafes, like, um, uh, and you, we would have, you know, a lot of different, a lot of different partners and, you know, you have different relationships and stuff with all of them and you're trying to keep on top of money coming in from from different ones and trying to keep on track of, of who's paid here here and there and you know that in itself is, is is tough work and i think having some kind of grasp of it or taking a small course or something on it before getting into it, before getting into it can be quite valuable because um yeah like it's 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 tough enough like yeah
0: keeping track of everything like that especially when so many things are happening at once yeah. is the hardest and there's nothing worse than if you know, someone still owes you money, and you haven't accounted for that. Like, but yeah. it's, <laughs> it's the main thing you set up the business for. Yeah. But uh, just look, we we're very close now to the end. But um, unfortunately, as we alluded to, you were forced to retire, you know, in your mid twenties, um, and it obviously been challenging. Um, and I would imagine your purpose changed from then to what it is now what would you say your purpose is now in in life which is probably a quite deep question to ask someone (laughs) (laughs) Um,
1: yeah i guess uh right now i'm just like my my is is on growing this business now and trying to give it my best shot Um, i have other i have other ideas and i have other things that i want to crack into so like i would i like if, if things didn't work out or whatever with this I would still be okay with that and I'd have other things that I want to crack on. So I think, you know, like I said, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make this my be all and end all at all. It's my first venture. And, you know, it's been, a, it's been a great one so far. So I'll try push it as hard as I can, but like at the end of the day, like it's business and things change. So like, I'll, I'll definitely be be looking at other opportunities and stuff as well. But um, for, for my goals, I suppose, just try, you know, I'm, um, I'm currently, I'm going to be, I'm going to be back in Ireland now. I'm going to be based in Ireland for the foreseeable future. So just try and suppose create a, create a, a, a bit of a life here. And, and uh, been really, really enjoyed it since I got home. Like, and um that bit of time abroad has done me well, I think. So I think, look, it's, it's great to be back now and catch up with my family and and, and kind of be around a bit more because that's one of the things being in Australia it's you can't just nip home, you know, and see the family, uh, you know, it's probably once, once a year or, or, you know if you're lucky twice a year that you'd make home for christmas or something but a lot of people don't even you know don't won't, won't even be able to get home at, at that so um there's a lot of good things about being back home as well
0: yeah i suppose it's just been you know grateful for, for you know where we are i suppose in life at the moment and been great for what we have i think really this you know this period has forced us to appreciate yeah. the small things um, yeah, it's,
1: it's been challenging like super super challenging and Obviously, so many people have uh, have lost so much in this as well. So just super grateful, yeah, that like that we're ahead, that, that I'm home and all an all family are well and and, and keep them well. So yeah, that's the that's the main thing, I guess.
0: So we got a few questions in. Um, I'll throw them to you know. Uh, I'll obviously edit this part out of me talking. But um, do you have plans to send some? Uh, do you have plans do you have plans to send some to your American based cousins, K Mac?
1: <laughs> um, yeah, well, we'll have to sort out distribution first. So I think the the big, I guess the big thing, like it's a chilled product, which brings up its own its own uh its own kind of headaches, and you have to like you have to take that into account with shipping and everything. So that's one of the things, like you know, um that's why we haven't started shipping this around out of Ireland because at the end of the day, like it's a perishable product, and if it does if it gets to the person, you know, after being out of the fridge or at the wrong temperature or whatever, then you know, it's no good to them. So that's uh, that's one of the things that we need to we need to figure out, and then you'll get your cookie dough.
0: <laughs> Cake or flan? <laughs> flan. <laughs> it's probably a private
1: joke,
0: isn't it? <laughs> um what inspired you to start your own business? Um
1: I think I think that that kind of drive to not want to work for someone else uh you know like i i have my own like i have my own things going on in my head that i want to do and i don't really want to answer to someone else and 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 uh you know i just i guess i guess you know i wanted to be able to take things in in my own direction and and um that's probably the main thing like i i I think I'd, I'd struggle if I if I had if I had these creative ideas and I had to run them by someone and stuff like that the whole time. I think I'd probably struggle with that a little bit. So I think for me, it's probably better if it's coming from me.
0: Um, how do you pick the cookie flavor combos? That's a very good question, actually.
1: Yeah. Um, so we have two really really good girls out working for us who are um, bakery students, and they we we would all kind of come together and. You know trial different things uh, once, once, out, once a week kind of, um, maybe once every two weeks or whatever, and we look at different kind of combinations and recipe combinations, but they're brilliant, like they, uh, they, one of them one of them runs a cake a cake business herself, and you know she's just great with with you know trialing different ingredients and stuff. So that's kind of it. We kind of bring our heads together and and look even even I think you can learn so much from other businesses as well seeing what, what you know what's working in America, what's working in London and, and kind of what combinations and stuff are working from them. so that's kind of where we'd get our ideas from, yeah
0: How many volumes have, have you take to go on this paid cast? <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think uh, I think he knows I'm 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 not the best man for an interview, so uh, <laughs> yeah, that was always my uh, that was always my my uh, my enemy when I was playing rugby for live live interviews. So uh.
0: <laughs> no, geez, you're doing excellent. In fairness to you, and last question: um, how to deal with competition and other businesses? Which you we kind of touched on at the start, actually.
1: Yeah, I think you just have to like for me you now. I think you just have to focus on yourself really, like and you know you just you know you can spend a lot of energy uh, looking at what everyone else is doing but it's not really doing your own business any good you know you just have to you like the more work you put into what you're doing and kind of putting the rest of the stuff in the the rearview mirror you know that's just that's w- w- what i think anyway like it's not going to do any good worrying about what they're doing you know it's good to be aware maybe all, that they're that they're there but in terms of growing your own business especially in these early stages like just, you just have to focus. you've got too many jobs to do yourself so you can't really be focusing too much of your energy on that um, you know if your product is good and, and you believe in it then, uh, uh, then you just have to push it yourself and, and, and go headfirst into it yeah.
0: look Dave I'm after taking enough time I know we said we keep it about an hour uh, you, but no. look I, I really appreciate it for taking time out to come on inside View podcast and look, best look with, with everything going forward yeah, I appreciate that, Jamie. Thanks very much for having me on. I hope you all enjoyed the interview with Dave. I think it's very, very interesting. And we'd like to take this opportunity to thank Dave for coming on and for taking the time out to come on because I know he's a lot on at the moment. And uh best luck with everything going forward, Dave. That is all from us on this week's podcast. Please do follow us on social media. You'll find us on Instagram at underscore on the ball team building. Over on Facebook, it's on the ball team building. Over on Twitter, it's at We're On The Ball2. It's at a 2 over on LinkedIn, it's on the ball, team building. And over on TikTok, it's on the ball, team building. Have a lovely week and be sure to tune in next week. We have another exciting guest. Next week actually marks episode 50. Till then, stay safe and remember, cred on fan. Talk to you all soon and thank you all for listening.